You're listening to the podcast at the biopharmaceutical section of the American Statistical Association. Hi, this is Richard Zink, and welcome to episode 21 of the Biopharmaceutical Podcast. Uh, Today, you'll be listening to an interview I had with Dion Price, a division director at the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research of the Food and Drug Administration, a large U.S. regulatory agency. She'll discuss her goals this year uh, as the Biopharmaceutical Section Chair. We had this discussion uh, just after the organizational meeting for the FDA industry uh, workshop, so I'll apologize if I seem a little dazed in the discussion. Uh, But just uh, one note, uh, the roundtable proposals can still be submitted for the FDA industry uh, statistics workshop, and these can be submitted through 11.59 Eastern Standard Time on March 10th. It's always important to include the time uh, because it's always a different time somewhere, and we this always ends up as an argument. So 11.59 Eastern Standard Time for those roundtable proposals. Uh, finally, I'd like to congratulate uh, Zoran Antenievich and Karen Price for a really wonderful joint adaptive design Bayesian Statistics Conference. Um, this was a joint effort of the DIA working scientific working groups for both of these. It was very good discussion, uh, good interaction uh, between the uh, presenters and the participants in the workshop. So congratulations to them. It was a really a great conference. So without further ado, uh, let's get on to talking with Dion Price. Today I'm talking with Dion Price, Division Director at the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research at the Food and Drug Administration and current chair for the ASA Biopharmaceutical Section. Dion, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Richard. So first things first, Dion, what attracted you to statistics? As an undergraduate, I was an applied mathematics major, and to be honest, I wasn't quite sure what I would do with that degree when I graduated, so I pursued several internships while I was an undergraduate student, and one of those internships landed me at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, and it was there that I was exposed to biostatistics, and I fell in love. It was the perfect blend of statistics and biology, which were two areas that I enjoyed. I enjoyed both mathematical statistics as well as biology, so for me, it was the perfect fit. My undergrad institution had statistics courses, but that was about it. There was no major in statistics. So upon graduation, I then went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and majored, received a master's in biostatistics, and then went on to Emory for my Ph.D. in biostatistics. Very good. So uh, the important point, she's a a Tar Heel, a a former Tar Heel. (laughs) Uh, Go Heels. Yeah, Go Heels. Uh, what uh, particular uh, part of the NIH was your internship with? 
the National Institutes of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, and specifically, I was in the epilepsy branch. Okay, very good. Um, so, uh, could you describe for us your current role at Cedar, uh, uh, specifically as division director of uh, Biometrics Four? Yes, so this is a role that I've been in for about a year now. The Division of Biometrics 4 covers such therapeutic areas as ophthalmology, special pathogens, anti-infectives, which would be your antibiotics, antivirals, which would be things for HIV treatment, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, uh, influenza, and even Ebola. And we also cover over-the-counter products. So in my role as division director, I oversee a group of statisticians, about 20 or 25 statisticians, and make sure that we accomplish the mission of the Office of Biostatistics in CEDAR. And what is that mission, you may ask, and it is to provide CEDAR and other internal and external stakeholders with statistical leadership, expertise, and advice to foster the expeditious development of safe and effective drugs and therapeutic biologics for the American people, protect the public health by applying statistical approaches for monitoring effectiveness and safety of marketed drugs and therapeutic biologic products. So that's a mouthful. So we accomplished this mission by serving as collaborators on multidisciplinary review teams assigned to review investigational new drugs and new drug applications as well as biologic licensing applications. We attend seminars given by various external statistical experts to remain current. We attend professional meetings to remain current and we actually also conduct research that would be beneficial to the therapeutic areas that we support. So how many divisions are there within CEDAR? You, you're uh, in six, uh, so how, how many are there in total? So within CEDAR, we sit in the Office of Translational Sciences, and the Office of Biostatistics is under the Office of Translational Sciences umbrella. We now have eight divisions. We just added our eighth division. Uh, divisions one through five primarily focus on the various pre-market therapeutic areas. Okay. Are, all, are the other divisions uh, as diverse in the therapeutic areas they have under their umbrella? You mentioned antibiotics, antivirals, op ophthalmology. Uh, that's yes. quite a, a wide range. <laughs> so divisions one through five are, are rather excuse me are rather diverse, and we are aligned with the Office of New Drugs at Cedar. So. That is actually how we come up with that range of therapeutic areas, whatever the Office of New Drugs, however they are arranged, that we, we coincide with that. Okay, very good. Now this is a pretty broad question for you, um, so you can take your time answering it because uh, <laughs> it's a pretty open question. Uh, can you describe some of the statistical or regulatory challenges uh, that you frequently experience within your job? Sure. So there, there are some broad topics that I think most statisticians working in pharmaceutical drug development uh, come across. So for example, missing data is always an issue. In the areas that I support, it is often unethical to run super superiority studies. So we conduct non-inferiority studies, and, and those can be challenging, have their own set of unique challenges. 
multiplicity is of course an issue that we all face. Uh, subgroup analyses, meta-analyses, and, and the list goes on. You, when you asked the question, you specifically said, um, what are some of the statistical or regulatory challenges do I face? So covering or providing statistical support for the division of anti-infectives presents a very unique set of challenges. As we all know, people are, are building resistance or, or becoming resistant to some of the pathogens out there. So with that, there is an increased need for an armamentarium of antibiotics. And right now, that antibiotic pipeline is fairly dry. Um, and that was recognized by the president several years ago. He enacted the GAIN Act, and that stands for Generating Antibiotics Incentives Now. It was designed to stimulate drug development in this complicated field. So that, that presents a unique set of challenges because we, we, we're in uncharted territory and trying to find statistical approaches to both the design of the trials as well as the analyses of the trials is very challenging, and that's one that I, I face on a daily basis. Yeah, I can imagine. And you mentioned several items, uh, missing data, uh, subgroups, and multiplicity, and I think these are probably some areas that, um, um, you know, biostatisticians have a role in trying to address these issues, but, you know, various members within the clinical trial teams have responsibility for reducing missing data uh, for the number of hypotheses they generate. Uh, do you think as statisticians we do a good enough job trying to communicate these topics to non-statisticians and the importance of them in the analysis? I would say we do. Um, I, I would say that, that yes, we do, I think, communicate that, that need to our clinical colleagues as well as other members of the review team. We as statisticians at the FDA are, are always at the table, and we are bringing up these issues constantly, trying to alert uh, clinical trial list that you can't use statistics to fix the problem that, that could have been uh, handled in the design stage. Some of this is, is due diligence. But I would say I, I think we do a, a good job of communicating what the concerns are, but it does speak to the need for statisticians to be involved early on in drug development and early in the, the life cycle of the drug. Yeah, of course. And that wasn't a, a question just for FDA statisticians. I think in general, mm -hmm. even statisticians in the industry um, have to communicate to their clinical colleagues uh, the same types of uh, issues and um, yeah, uh, very good. Now, when you're not performing extensive simulations or, or, or doing a, a number of t-tests or statistical tests during your day, uh, how do you spend your free time when you're not just thinking about statistics? What is free time? <laughs> well, I grew up in southeastern Virginia near the, the beach, near the water, so when I'm not doing my daily job in the summer. I like to be by the water, whether that's at a nice, luxurious beach, whether it's at the pool where I live. Um, I, I just like to be in the sun and like to be around water in the summertime. I also like to spend time with my family. I have a niece 
who is 11, who I, I enjoy spending time with. She tries to keep me current on, on movies and music and things of that nature. I've learned recently how to play Spot It. I didn't even know that exists. I've seen all the latest kid movies, Despicable <laughs> Me, Malnificent, you name it, I've seen it. <laughs> Very good. Um, you're currently the chair of the ASA biopharmaceutical section. Um, and for those uh, who don't know, these are uh, usually three-year roles where you have the, the past, uh, the present, and the, um, I guess, the outward-going uh, <laughs> co-chair. So you're currently in your current year uh, mm -hmm. as the FDA uh, chair, or the biopharmaceutical section chair. Uh, what do you hope to accomplish this year um, in the biopharmaceutical section? So first, let me start off by saying what the state of the biopharm section is, kind of okay. like the state of the union. So the state of the biopharm section is great, which makes my job very easy, actually. Currently, we have several working groups. We have several committees. We have various initiatives underway. For example, we have a scientific working group. That was a new initiative starting started last year. We started a mentoring committee where we are mentoring. We have more seasoned professionals mentoring those that may be new in, in the profession. We have awards during JSM, like a Best Contributed Paper Award, a Best Student Paper Award or Student Presentation Award. We have a committee on international statisticians. We have a committee to liaise with other ASA sections, and the list goes on. So we are very active. What I hope to do is to continue all of the initiatives that are currently underway. And one thing that um, I see as a challenge for the future that we have we have made significant grounds in addressing the problem, but it's still, we have room to grow or improve, is attracting younger people to the field of statistics. Mm -hmm. So several years ago, we put together a website, biostatpharma.com, bio bio mm -hmm. and it was geared towards high school and undergraduate students and exposing them to the field of biostatistics. So that is one thing that, that's kind of a, a passion of mine. I hope that we can expand or, or just think of new and creative ways to bring younger people to our profession, to expose others to the profession. I enjoy what I do, and I'm sure there are others out there who would enjoy it if they were exposed to it. Sure, so you're not even talking about undergraduate levels. You're, you want to go to the high schools and get them interested I think it's important that, yeah. at the undergraduate, but before you, you get them in undergraduate, you can, you can grab them in high school, science fairs, things of that nature, to just expose them to the field. Not everyone will go into it, but it helps to expose. So is that uh, one of the possible uh, plans to address it, is to either attend science fairs or just have statisticians, volunteers to, to go into individual, say, AP statistics classes and talk about biostatistics and how, you know, something a little more, uh, a better description of what somebody would do with math instead of, well, what are you going to do with math? Um, maybe teach uh, 
which is good too, but then they can apply the ma you know, mathematical methods, statistical methods right. uh, for drug development. Um, so are those uh, any kind of plans? So we are currently um, just brainstorming. So, mm -hmm. of course, a, a science fair would, would seem like a great brainstorm. And I do think that there are sections within the ASA who do participate in their local science fairs. Could mm -hmm. we take that to another level, perhaps? Um, so we are currently in the, the brainstorming stage. This is what we have. And right now what we have is the biostatfarm.com website. What more can we do to get out there and to expose students to our field? You mentioned the um, the international uh, initiative. Uh, what's the goal of uh, the international in initiative uh, within our, our group? To just engage our, our international colleagues, um, especially some statisticians who may not have as much support as statisticians within the, uh, North America, perhaps. So just to engage other statisticians, for example, um, one idea we've brainstormed, we have not put it into action yet, is to offer our webinars to you know interna an international audience. There's some logistics that would need to be worked out regarding timing <laughs> and language, sure. but you know that that's just one thing: outreach to our, our international colleagues. And you also mentioned uh, one other uh, initiative and uh, working with other. Uh, Groups of statisticians uh, within other yes other sections yeah, other and other sections. Mm -hmm, committees of the ASA yeah and we do a fair bit of that now we've we've partnered with ICSA in previous years and sponsored uh, best student paper award for mm -hmm. that conference we've done that for for several conferences so just collaborating with others and I, I imagine the uh, the section on medical devices is there still a pretty close relationship with that newly formed section? Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, drug develop and device development faces numerous statistical and regulatory challenges. Uh, in your opinion, what's uh, currently the most pressing concern for statisticians? So I've actually already touched on what I feel is, is one of the most pressing concerns, but I'll, I'll kind of backtrack. So the theme for the 175th anniversary of the American Statistical Association, which we celebrated in 2014, was celebrate our past and energize our future. And ASA focused on three efforts in support of this theme, and they were called Stat Sharp, Stat Growth, and Stat Impact. So I think all three of these are important, but the, the one that I think is, is most pressing, in my opinion, is the stat growth, and I've touched on that already. Just promoting and advertising our professional to younger people. Um, working at the FDA, and I, I've heard from my industry colleagues that it's very similar. We have more jobs than we have statisticians right now, and I, I see it... Um, not getting any better if we don't do something about it now. Sure. So stat growth is uh, recruiting other uh, younger statisticians or introducing them to the field. And so it's a, lar it's a large umbrella. That's probably the component I'm focusing on. But stat growth reflects the desire to see the ASA grow mm -hmm. in number and its reach to emerging areas of statistical practice. So that growth also would include current statisticians who may not be members of ASA or may not be members of various sections. But I think a component of that is also increasing our numbers young people, bringing them into the fold. 
And the other two uh, areas, StatSharp, uh, can Stat you describe Sharp. those quickly for us? That embraces statistical education outreach, so they, they're, they're somewhat related. And then Stat Impact reflects the need to convey the positive impact of statistics on our world more effectively and to broaden that impact further. So that relates to your question, do we do a good job? For instance, I think one of your questions was, do we do a good job at the table of bringing up some of the missing data issues, sure. the subgroup analysis issues, and the multiplicity? And, and I would say within the pharmaceutical industry, we do, but I think there's a broader impact that, that we can make, and we may not do as, as good of a job advertising there. Yeah, well, thanks uh, very much, Dion, for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. Thank you.